Welcome back to the All About Audiology podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lilach Saperstein. And on this show, we don't just talk about audiology, about X's and O's and audiograms and all the tests that we do. We actually want to know what does audiology have to do with you, with your life, with your child, with your loved ones. So on today's episode, this is going to be an all about you episode, and I would like to talk about therapy. We constantly hear about how are we going to care for our children, how are we going to keep up with this intense schedule of all their interventions, especially if your child has a diagnosis or several diagnoses, and you've got PT and OT, right, physical therapy, occupational therapy, maybe they have a reading specialist, maybe they have an extra tutor, maybe they have an orthopedist, and, you know, all their medical specialists from GI and pulmonology and cardiology, right, the list is going to go on and on of all the things that you are managing for your child's health, and you will go to the ends of the earth to make sure that your child will be healthy and safe and supported and get all the services that they deserve, all in vision and in pursuit of your child having an awesome life. So my question to you is, what are you doing for yourself with as equal amount of passion and love to care for you? Because I talk to a lot of parents, parents whose children have hearing loss, other chronic illnesses, disability, and it's so clear to me that there's this kind of burden placed on a parent, parents in general, but especially in the special needs community, saying you need to prioritize self-care. And it's like, it's your problem that you don't have the support and the resources that you need. You just need a bubble bath, like, no. So that's why I think that, you know, this topic truly from my heart is about therapy and, and We're actually going through a little series here with the podcast uh, focusing on mental health. And I would like to invite a very special guest, someone I love very, very dearly. This is the other Dr. Saperstein. (laughs) (laughs) My husband, Dr. Yona Saperstein, is a family physician. And together, the end of medical school is when we met. He was at the end of medical school. I was starting my audiology graduate school. And so together, you know, we were also building our marriage, having children, and working through med school and residency. Uh, And so we have really gone through it a lot together (laughs) with a lot of different challenges, changes, um, an international move, career changes, all that stuff, and a lot of support for each other, mostly for me. (laughs) Mostly you supporting me. But it is time for, you know, a little personal deep dive because I feel so connected to the listeners. I feel so connected to my followers. The show is growing and I want to, you know, get a little vulnerable in a way that is going to be really valuable to you and helpful to you. So let's jump in. Welcome, Yona. Hello. Why don't you introduce yourself to all my friends? (laughs) Hello, everybody. So I am Dr. Yona Saperstein. Um, I am the husband of your well-known and beloved host, Lilach. Um, (laughs) As Lilach said, I'm a family doctor. Um, I work at a public clinic in Israel. So basically, the reason why Lilach had asked me to be on this podcast is because I had actually come home today and told a story. And the story goes like this. Around a week ago, um, 
I get a call to do a virtual visit, again, because of the coronavirus epidemic. A vast majority of my visits are over the phone. So, I get a request for a phone visit, I call up the guy, and he's a guy in his 30s, he works as a security guard, and he says, Doctor, for the past couple months I feel like I have had a lot of symptoms of depression and anxiety. I know I'm a normal person, I know how to deal with it, but I've just felt like I've had a lot of depression and anxiety. Doctor, can you please give me a referral to see a psychologist and get therapy? I told him that he was very brave and that a lot of times, you know, people who are going through this thing, how um, therapy is very helpful for these symptoms. And a lot of times it is actually good enough as a treatment in and of itself for anxiety and or depression. And they sent him a referral to somebody who was covered under his plan and went on my merry way and saw the next patient. Around a week later, that was today actually, I get another requ request to call the patient and he says, Doctor, I'm working as a security guard and I might change jobs. Does the fact that I'm seeing a therapist, are they going to see that if I change jobs? Are they going to see that um, for the next security agency that I work for? And is that going to make me look like a bad candidate because I'm seeing a therapist? Oh, and especially, you know, you should mention that for a lot of these jobs, government jobs or security jobs, they'll do an extensive background check. So then you'll have to like sign off and they could get access to your medical records and to all sorts of things. So I told the patient that, you know, on the one hand, I do not work in the field of security or government, so I can't really tell. But on the other hand, anybody who is in the medical field of like any sort would know that somebody who is feeling feelings like these depression or anxiety or that something is not right that therapy is the smartest thing that they can do to take care of themselves and that the people who are seeing therapists are actually a lot more healthy and self-aware and have a lot more inner mental and physical health than those who hide their traumas push their traumas down and refuse to th see therapy and they are probably the ones who need it the most and are the in my opinion, less likely candidates for a security job. So this is what I said to the patient over the phone, and I can hear him, hmm, that's a very interesting point. So that was the point of the story as to why Lilach invited me onto her podcast. Um, I give you back my wife. Yeah, this is kind of an impromptu episode that we're just recording, like, we were just talking at the end of the day of like what did you do today oh story and i'm like wait could you just say that whole thing again but say it on the podcast because not all doctors are caught up with the fact that trauma lives in your body and like carries you know comes with you everywhere you go and it's not that therapy is the only way to kind of process these things and and move forward but a lot of times really just having that time to talk to someone whose whole entire job is just to listen and like reflect you and and help you come up with your own coping strategies kind of like being able to hear yourself say things out loud and think about hey did i think that i wasn't aware i was thinking that maybe that's the underlying thought that's been coming with me you know maybe that's why i screamed at my kid or maybe that's why i uh, have a hard time like i'm always anxious when we go on drives like, that's an example of something that's been with us. Like, I have some PTSD from a car accident that I had. And I, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. I never put two and two together. Whenever we go on, on long drives, I'm not so pleasant. 
I'm like a backseat driver, right? I decline <laughs> to comment. <laughs> very wise, very <laughs> wise, right? But um, through the process of being in therapy, I've discovered lots of things about myself, which I think have only been to the benefit of myself, our marriage, and our family. Would you agree? Yes. <laughs> when you said, I didn't always think this way, or I wasn't trained necessarily to have this opinion, it came from being married to me. <laughs> That's true. That's true. As in, I, I didn't actually learn that. I didn't, I didn't actually learn this in medical school. Um, it came from life experience. What did you learn in medical school? What I did learn in medical school... I mean, school, about this topic, not in... <laughs> I did learn in medical school to memorize. Well, in mem- medical school, you memorize a lot. You memorize the signs of depression. You memorize the signs of anxiety. And you learn that the treatment is therapy and pills. But you don't really get, you know, to the nitty-gritty of, like, how to talk to a patient and, like, try to figure out from their story, you know, whether they need the full treatment or even if they don't actually fit the actual qualifications of having clinical depression, if it's the type of patient who, based on their self-reflection and their self-knowledge and the way they're describing, whether they would benefit from therapy. You know, that's, that's not something you'll just learn by memorizing in medical school. That's something that you get from life experience of, you know, being, talking to enough people and, you know, figuring out what exactly is the best treatment. That's why you can't have robots practicing medicine. That's why, you know, you actually need a human being. AI is going to probably take over, though. Artificial intelligence. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It can be used as a tool to support. But the creativity, the innovation, like the humanity. Anyway, that's philosophy for over there. But I do really, really appreciate your input and your perspective. Like, we've really been on this journey together through our training. By the way, for our listeners, I will also link in the show notes a podcast episode that I did on a podcast called Married to Doctors, which is a great podcast discussing the toll of the training that it takes on the spouse in many cases. But um, I'm really, really (sighs) emotional and grateful that I'm now in a place where I could say, hey, look, therapy really, really changed my life in a very significant, impactful way. And I want more people to just break that stigma and, and be like, really? We're still talking about like, oh, that person, they need help. As if that's a bad thing, show me a perfect person that doesn't have some issues or thoughts or questions or challenges. Like, wouldn't it be great to have someone who's actually trained to listen, to support you, and like, hopefully you can find a good therapist, which is also a topic. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's my little soapbox for today. Um, I'd like (laughs) to add a a little point about what exactly is therapy. So... Yilach basically mentioned it already, but I'll kind of reiterate it the way I think of it. A therapist is somebody who's really, really good at listening. Assuming the therapist is um, a good therapist who is actually doing their job, but a therapist is someone who's really good at listening and reflecting and understanding the person and understanding the client. Um, as in, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, what will therapy do? But, you know, if the person is like, all right, I think I want to go. You know, if the person feels comfortable with the therapist, you know, the client will basically feel comfortable telling the therapist everything that's bothering them. The therapist will basically, you know, sit in their chair and listen, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, listen, listen, listen. With the, you know, body positioning in the eyes and all that stuff, basically showing as if they were actually, you know, listening in such a way that the client feels 
comfortable to continue and continue talking. And then at some point, the therapist will, you know, find this is a good time to reflect and basically reflect upon what the client is thinking. And, um, you know, the client will basically be like, yes, you know, this, this is right. You know, you're, you're understanding me. And, you know, sometimes just to be able to have the time to speak to someone and, and feel understood and to feel like there's someone who's actually understanding you, you know, on a deep level, you know, that, that itself is an excellent benefit of therapies for many people who feel like, oh, everything is just flying on me and nobody gets me. And then the therapist will then continue to reflect and, you know, try to actually train the client to understand things in a different way such that they would be able to deal with their own emotions and stuff like that. As Dinah said, why exactly is that bothering you? And then, you know, try to try to delve to the issue. But, you know, ask a question or two, let the client continue talking. Ask another question or two, let the client continue talking. And then only after a while, you know, then, you know, the therapist will then make a suggestion that will probably, you know, get the client to then figure something out. You know, it's, it's a slow process. Most people will not get all their issues resolved in one to two therapy sessions. It is usually the long-term relationship between the client and the therapist, which builds the therapeutic relationship. However, that is basically, um, from the family doctor standpoint, the um, excellent benefit of therapy for anyone who needs it. That's really helpful to be open to also being like, yay, uh, you know, maybe someone who's close to you went to therapy and it's like, how to go? Are you better now? <laughs> like 45 minutes later. Uh, no, it's going to take time. And also the person themselves has to want to be on that process and like commit to those sessions and commit to also reflecting on the sessions not only to just think like oh this is going to be a band-aid we're just going to cover it up like no you've been doing that so what else can you do another point i was going to make not everyone is ready for therapy you know so you can't just if you see a friend you know who's kind of like in the run be like go see my therapist go see my therapist you know the friend might not be ready you know a person has to be ready to open themselves up to the therapist i'll tell i'll tell another story had a patient come to me with itches on her hands for over 10 years. You know, diagnosed as eczema, which is basically an allergic type reaction of itching on the hands. But she said she's seen every dermatologist in the state of Israel and she's tried every cream in the world and nothing works. So, of course, as her family doctor, I delve in and ask her some more questions. When did this, start? When, when did this eczema start? Started when her uncle died. So, you know, I, I mentioned to her, it might be in a way, I wouldn't say psychosomatic, because a lot of times when people are in stress, they actually have real physical symptoms which can be actually diagnosed clinically due to stress and changes in their mental health. You know, I think she had real eczema, just it was because of her stress. Okay, so then I asked her, you know, if she ever tried, if she ever had therapy, and she said, yeah. I had therapy once and twice, and uh, it opened up a lot of things in me that I didn't want opened up, so I, I stopped. So, you know, on the one hand, not everyone is ready for therapy. You know, sometimes the person isn't ready to address their traumas yet. You wait until the patient or your client or whoever is, is ready to start therapy. And again, once the person is ready to start, the therapist has to go at the pace of the client. You know, sometimes they're willing to delve real fast and sometimes not. Um, however, you know, just on the other side of the spectrum was this story where this person tried once or twice to do therapy and wasn't ready for it at that point. But on the other hand, you know, you saw what happened when they did not open up the, you know, their traumas, which is that they basically kept it in and it exploded as physical symptoms. Okay, so now I'm a little worried about something, but let's talk about it. 
the whole the like essential oils think well and will like cure your cancer you know that whole industry that over promises everything by the way these drops will cure everything you've had okay you hear what i'm saying because i <laughs> there's like a very fine line between addressing a mind-body connection and capitalizing i.e taking advantage of people trying to sell them on the promise that this green shake smoothie with this protein powder or this oil is gonna cure you and i've heard that also from the hearing loss side where people are like oh we're not gonna do a cochlear implant or get hearing aids or do anything because we're praying for a miracle and it's like um the miracle is in the technology that is available you know if that's the direction you want to go but the idea that these things could be cured by like positive thinking where do you fit on that question all right very controversial topic (laughs) so first of all in terms of protein shakes and pills I will usually only recommend or prescribe pills that have actually double-blinded clinical trials, which means that this particular medicine has been shown in multiple studies where, you know, they basically have hundreds of thousands of participants in the studies, retrospective or prospective, and, you know, everything is the same about everyone except that half got the pill and half didn't, and you see a clinically significant difference, which you can clearly attribute to the pill. Those are things that I will actually prescribe medicines for. Regarding, you know, this, the, um, you know, I, I was going to say snake oil. I'm not sure if that's the right term to use. But regarding stuff that you buy in, like, vitamin shops and stuff, or stuff that they advertise online, which this shake will again help you and make you feel better yeah it's gonna it's gonna boost your productivity make you uh skinny make you an athlete make you not crave food and also help you find the love of your life all by buying this 45 dollar (laughs) pill 450 (laughs) dollars but realistically what you have to do before buying any of these shakes and putting money into any of these ad- highly advertised treatments is check out the studies. You know, have there been a double-blinded study of hundreds of thousands of people, half of who took this shake and half of, took, <laughs> of who took water with green food coloring and you have a clinically significant difference between the two groups? Or, you know, they've tried it on people and Due to the fact that there's sugar and protein, it does make the person have a boost of energy because, after all, there is sugar and protein, which will give you an immediate boost of energy. And because of that, then, you know, you'll feel better. But it actually, it's not that this particular shake has any actual clinically significant studies behind it. So, um, you know, you use a little bit of critical thinking before pouring your money into the next amazing miracle shake that you see online because it might contain sugar and water and you can probably get the same out of eating shake from your local supermarket right so even though this conversation is quite outside the scope of all about audiology i do think that it's really important to talk about because so many times we're willing to try things and buy things and and sign our kids up for classes and like I said in the beginning basically try anything that's being promised as a way to help us help our kids help our family but here's something that has lots and lots of evidence backing it up that when you talk to someone 
and they help you work through your feelings, that actually improves your health. That actually improves all those other parts of your life. And it's expensive too. You know, it, it does come at a cost, not only paying for it, which can be very expensive, but also in terms of time and in terms of like the emotional toll that the process itself takes. Like sometimes going to therapy will make you sadder or less productive for some time because you've unearthed those feelings, but for a long-term goal. Kind of like when we're doing physical therapy and you do a move that hurts you or makes you uncomfortable, but it's to strengthen you. We talk about this with the balance physical therapy for people who have balance disorders. There's one particular move, the Epley maneuver, that we can do, but it will induce, it will make you dizzy. It will make, you know, somebody who has the case, you know, a, a severe case, it might even make them throw up. So it's like, no, 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 they don't want to do the therapy. They, they want to go and just like sit still on the couch and not do the physical therapy training because they, they want to avoid the consequence of it. But if they actually do it and get through it, then it could actually put all those crystals back in place and help them to then lead a functional life that they're, you know, that they're able to resume their normal activity that they had before the onset of the BPPV, this balance disorder. So, any last words? I'm so I'm so happy you came on the show. I really appreciate it. <laughs> My pleasure, Lila. I've been yeah. I've been in, I've been an avid listener ever since you. Um, came out with the show and now it's been my <laughs> absolute pleasure to now be a guest on the show um following the footsteps of many well-known and prominent people um you now have um a family doctor from the north of israel now also getting the honor of being a uh, guest on the show so thank you very much lila <laughs> thank you very much for being the composer of our theme song actually Lilach and i composed it together <laughs> I, I i played it on the electric keyboard but Lilach and i actually composed the music together so yeah. Lilach also gets credit for that. In conclusion, don't forget to take care of yourself. You as the parent to a child with hearing loss, or you as an audiology student, or you as my fellow colleagues in different fields, whoever you are listening to this show, don't forget that you have service in a lot of places in your life where you give and give and nurture and serve and love. You do a lot. You do a lot. We all do a lot. And we can't forget to also point some of that right back at ourselves. There's lots of different modalities for getting that. Um, but for me and for many other people, I think therapy is extremely powerful. And it is way, way past the time to have that still be a stigma. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this conversation. And you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, at allaboutaudiology.com. I am excited for season five. Oh my goodness, can you imagine? We are at the end of season four, and every 10 episodes when we finish out a season, I like to go back and tell you about the episodes that we had this season. You can go back and listen to the ones if you missed them. We kicked off the season, episode 41, with just an incredible mother, Madeline Cheney from the Rare Life podcast, who came and shared about her journey with her son, Kimball, just so much from the heart, with so much vulnerability about her journey, the struggles that she's had, and sharing her wisdom with other parents going through what she's been going through. In episode 42, I 
In episode 42, I kicked off our student office hours, which are on the first Wednesday of every month. And that's where students from around the world come and do a Q&A session with me, plus case study or uh, presentation about a specific topic that has been going on the first Wednesday of every month since July and August and September. So the next one is going to be uh, the first Wednesday of October on Wednesday, October 7th. So be in touch, students. Send me a DM. Come and join office hours if you're interested. And there's also a possibility to get recordings from our previous sessions if you're interested by becoming a patron of the podcast at patreon.com slash allaboutaudiology. In episode 43, I was so honored to speak with Genius Stevens, who has tons of experience with disability advocacy, and we talked about creating a vision for your child's life. This is such an important episode that I think any parent should really have a listen to and think about the concepts we talked about because they can help you in creating a vision for your child's life. What is the point of all of the parenting effort that we put in um, you know, without having a direction to go in, without knowing where we're trying to go? It was definitely a very meaningful conversation for me and I hope that you'll go back to episode 43 and check it out. In episode 44, I talked about the online support group for moms, which was followed by episode 45 with the lovely Dr. Melissa Karp, who shared so much information and practical tips and knowledge about auditory processing disorder and sound sensitivities. That is an episode you should definitely check out if you want to learn more about misophonia or, you know, the ways that we process what we hear beyond just receiving the sound, beyond just what our ears do, what does our brain then do with the information that we receive? So that is episode 45. And then the next three episodes were personal stories of people overcoming, of people sharing their personal experiences. That was episode 46 with Courtney Turner, who talked about being born with congenital hearing loss due to rubella and now she is like an all-star fitness amazing resilience person who I really enjoyed hearing her story and episode 47 was a long-awaited episode I'm so glad we got to get it out that was with Dr. Sonia Burt an incredible incredible audiologist that I have learned so much from uh, from the podcast but also outside of the podcast Dr. Burt was the first black audiologist to earn the AUD degree. She shared her personal journey to the AUD, to becoming an audiologist, a lot of tips for students in there, and we also touched on the systemic barriers that exist in education and in healthcare for black people, indigenous people, people of color, and these are conversations that we have to be having, that it is incredibly important for us not to continue to live in some kind of denial of what is happening in our world, but to deny that they are occurring even in our own spaces, in our educational institutions, and as healthcare providers. You know, these are things that we must address, that we must educate ourselves on and learn about the experiences of our patients and colleagues and friends when they share them with us and also it's not their responsibility to do that so i want to thank dr burt for coming on the show and sharing her story with us 
In the episode that followed, episode 48, we heard from Jacqueline Briggs about her unilateral hearing loss and becoming a cochlear implant user after she lost the hearing in one ear due to a car accident. What a journey, how much wisdom, how much inspiration, Um, and now she works with children who she can relate to in a very unique way, children who use hearing aids or cochlear implants, and she is a teacher um, who incorporates lots of dance and music in her curriculum. That was a super fun episode, and it was wonderful to meet you, Jacqueline, and hear your story. And in episode 49, we got to hear another unique story with Natalia Popham, about her experience having a reverse slope hearing loss, so more hearing loss in the lower frequencies, and how that affected her ability to develop language and and also her journey in learning to advocate for herself, which is one of the major, major messages that I hope to impart with the show. Like I said, you gotta take care of yourself. You got to believe that you can, believe that you deserve everything good and that your children do as well and fight for them so that was our season four wrap up season five is coming with amazing incredible new things i know i always use those adjectives but it is because of my enthusiasm and excitement for what is coming stay tuned for more i am dr lilach saperstein and this is the all about audiology podcast